Well, since you clicked us, it's still growing up, Micropremi. I'm Anthony. And I'm Stephanie. And we are on episode insert here. 13. In this episode, we're going to slow. We had a slower week this week. It started off with, we're just going to get into the story because there's not really a way to tell you what exactly this episode's going to be about because there were all kinds of little things that happened. We started the week with Scarlett showing her feistiness, I guess. She decided to take the little... Um, it was basically an oral care, oral care lollipop. It's a sponge on a stick. So she took the sponge away from her primary nurse that morning and decided Yanked to take over. Her. Yanked it out of her hand. It was a, the sponge they used to dip it in... Uh, water, uh, the sterile some, water. Sometimes they did milk, didn't they? That she could suck on it. Oh, yes. They would dip it in my breast milk and rub it in her mouth so that she'd get a taste of it. Because she was still getting everything by tube, so she wasn't getting anything... Orally. Yeah, tasting anything orally. So, she's on her little bubble face mask, which is still funny to look at, and she just got mad. She just didn't want to deal with it anymore. Somebody just shoving it in her mouth, so she took it and started doing it herself and started sucking on it, and it was pretty cool. We were all laughing, got some good video out of it, but yeah, she was... I think this was one of the first times... I'm trying to remember. It's been so long. <laughs> but I think this was one of the first times that they dipped it in the milk. And that's why she took it. Yeah, that would explain it. She was probably tired of all the other crap they were giving her. <laughs> Sorry, we're star- I'm staring at the photo and I forget that they had to cut a hole into her beanie so they could access her where she had surgery. Well, we left off the last episode with her going into surgery. She had just had her VAD placed. We got the kids so they were able to see her. After the surgery as well. So during this week, luckily it was a quiet week because we did have the big kids with us. So after they got out of school, I'd go and pick them up and bring them back to the hospital with me. So they would spend the afternoon there until Anthony got off of work and came to meet us at the hospital. So that's usually how our weeks with them would go while Scarlett was in the hospital. Which the kids had their little area that they would do their homework in and everything like that. Trying to keep the kids in the norm, and so that way they wouldn't spend their whole time at the hospital. So with the kids, we would pick them up on Sundays, and we'd kind of hang out. We had a... So we were trying to keep the kids on... We were trying to make sure that they didn't spend all their time at the hospital, and that they still had normal time with us. So we would go out to eat. We were getting back in the routine and we would go home well on Sundays would be the days that we would be there the least. So we'd wake up late, call in, ask about Scarlett, go have breakfast or make breakfast. Um, This weekend we had decided to go down to 7th Street and that we'd be close to the hospital so we could go visit Scarlett before we had to take the kids back. And we went and had lunch and then took them to the movies. Well, I didn't want to see a lame movie that Stephanie wanted to see. <laughs> no. The boys wanted to see something. We wanted to go see Godzilla. And Katie didn't want to see that, so I got to go see Rio, too, with Which, Katie. I don't understand why we even argued about it, because Katie doesn't ever stay awake during movies anyway. <laughs> she still doesn't. Did she stay awake for that one? I don't think she did. I think she fell asleep in the movie. <laughs> but yeah, Godzilla was good. We liked it. So this week, uh, Scarlett got some fashion accessories. A childhood friend of mine that I've known since sixth grade had one of her co-workers at the time 
crochet some sandals and a beanie for Scarlet, which was really cool. And she got the size almost perfect. Yeah, the I think the the beanie at this point when she was able to wear it was too small. So she had her make a new one. But the sandals were perfect. We'll have to upload this picture so that way y- y'all can see. It's so cute. These sandals also make an appearance when uh, one of our Christmas episodes or our Christmas posts. You'll see if you have an eagle eye. So Scarlett was pretty excited about that. She hadn't really had anything touching her feet. So that was kind of neat seeing her wear sandals. You were posting dogs that were for adoption on my Facebook at this point. Oh. <laughs> we're going through our Facebook to read the, you know, to update y'all with the post, what post that we were. To jog our memory because we're old. Well, Anthony's scrolling through and he sees a picture of these two beautiful huskies. So, backstory. When Stephanie first started coming over, I had adopted two, uh, a husband and wife husky duo from a guard member who was moving out of town and couldn't take them with him. And he was going to drop them off at a shelter and I just said... I've got a huge backyard. Let me have them. And they were old. They were 11, I think. 10 or 11 when I got them. For Huskies, that's that's old. And I had them for a good three years. So yeah. they lived a long time for a breed that normally doesn't get there. But they were they were awesome. It, the, the male was small, skinny, black and white. And the female was gigantically huge and all white. And it's just funny. I, the photo that I sent Stephanie was the exact duplicate of them. Except the, the female looked like she let the male eat. Nikki didn't let Harlow eat anything no it had been two years since they had passed so we Anthony was ready for a new set I still haven't scratched that husky itch since they (laughs) left me Uh, we found one but we gave him to my parents and he's tormenting them still to this day (laughs) we'll bring him up sooner or later so another cool thing that happened this week was I got the pictures from our Mother's Day shoot that we talked about in the last episode. So we'll share those pictures as well. I remember when I saw these, I was just crying because Scarlett looked so little bitty and you could see all her little veins and it was, it was was all wrinkly. (laughs) It was a really nice gift that the hospital did. The hospital did for us. I really, I really loved it. Which they came to my rescue because all I, ha- all I really did was buy a bracelet. I mean, anybody can buy jewelry. <laughs> it's a cop out, really. They actually gave a really good gift and one that I, being in the NICU, I wouldn't even have thought of. Well, first of all, I wouldn't have had the clearance to even get someone in there to take the photos. So <laughs> I'm glad they did it because <laughs> I'm sure they, they understood that people can't go back there. Yeah. That was only one of the really cool things that they did for us while we were there. And, and let's talk about that real quick. They they think of things that we don't even get to think of. So in the NICU, you, you forget a lot of the freedoms that you don't have anymore. You can't just take your kid and have a photo shoot with them. You can't have a birthday party. You can't celebrate anything. It was hard. So they they thought of all those things. Like Mother's Day was kind of hard. I don't remember. Did they do anything for Father's Day? Mm, I don't know. I don't it's all right. I, I see you cook. I got you. <laughs> that was a joke. I know they did something, but I can't remember for sure what they did. I don't. I don't remember either. But it was. It, these were cool that they did for the moms because y'all went through the hard part of having to, you know, give birth to these preemie babies. Uh, we just had to sit back and watch it. And just they did do stuff. We did crafts. That's right. Y'all made me like plates, didn't you? We yeah. We have one hanging in in the yep. living room. Ah, uh, her butterfly feet. Mm-hmm. That's what you we did. We made crafts. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Scarlet's feet get used a lot for paint. It's kind of weird. 
You know, there's going to be a theme of this coming up. Anyway, I digress. Or actually, yeah, I go forward. Uh, yeah, it's neat that they did this stuff because you can't do that in the NICU. We wouldn't have even had first Mother's Day photos if they hadn't done this. Yeah, I mean, we... I mean, I don't know how many photos we would actually... Professional photos we'd have of her. I mean, they they would... We could have used one of our visitor passes to have a photographer come in. But, I mean, at the time, we weren't... We weren't financially able to <laughs> I was gonna say one we couldn't afford it we weren't financially able to pay someone to come in at this point uh professional uh, photographs of scarlet and me for mother's day so it was a really cool free gift that they gave us and the other cool thing was the lady who took the photos worked in the child life department uh yeah i believe she did and so she was a she was an employee of the hospital so she gave a little bit of she was really artistic in the photos by putting some of the machinery in the back what is that called? Distorted yeah, in the like background. Blurred. Yeah, there you go. Blurred. We're not all fancy with the. Uh, where's my Where's my old uh, best man when I need him? He'd give <laughs> us the technical term of it. He's got a bachelor's degree in photojournalism. But yeah, they they did all this really cool stuff, and the lady that did the photographs was she was amazing, and she actually, which we'll talk about in another, in a future episode, she did two photo sessions for us this was the first and then she did another one later a couple uh, i don't know i think it was maybe at least a month or two yeah it had to have been because she looked a lot fuller yeah and there wasn't anything on her head so and with this we um we were on our way to complete our first full week of bad taps which was the someone from the neurosurgery team coming neurosurgery team or the IV team coming and pulling CF fluid from Scarlett's VAD device. And that was something that was different. I, I didn't know what to expect whenever they did it. Neither did they. They said every child responded to the, the taps different. Uh, unfortunately, Scarlett did not like them. She wasn't very loud. So when they would pull it, she would okay. cry. All right. So when we say they would pull it. What they would do is they would take a needle, stick it into this button they set implanted underneath her skin, and draw the spinal fluid out of the top of her head with a needle and syringe. Mm -hmm. So when we say draw it out, we're just trying to block out the actual image of a needle going into our daughter's head twice a day. And which they started once, then they increased it, and then... They started increasing the amount that they were taking out. Yeah, they ended up increasing the amount... And backing off on the multiple times because she didn't she didn't like it, and it was they knew that it was it was making me uncomfortable because I was there and it was causing stress on Scarlett. So and I remember asking them what what it was like, and they said she probably had like or felt like a head rush or got a headache. So there were a lot of times that they tried all kinds of different things, like giving her morphine before. Or giving her Tylenol at least 30 minutes before her test. Which we only did that like a couple of times. Because then we didn't want her getting dependent on medication if yeah. they had to do this every day. So we're really big about, and it sounds bad, but we're really big about not giving her painkillers. And we still don't really not do the, that. Not the heavy stuff. I think they ended up like routinely going tylenol. in and giving her Tylenol before the test. Uh, I think some of it was an IV Tylenol at one point. And then they started, they did a suppository I, Tylenol, I remember that. Because, mm -hmm. again, she can't swallow. Yeah. It it was, um, it was not one of 
it was one of the things that I'll never forget the way that she cried her little cry. I, I remember I, I stood next to him and watched him. Um, but it was like a 20 minute process because, you know, and like Anthony talked about in the last episode, they had to make sure that there was, they weren't causing any kind of infection in her brain. So it had to be a very sterile environment. They had all these procedures that they had to follow before actually doing it. So and... here, let, let's let's try this. I think I actually remember the procedure. <laughs> so they would come in with this uh, two sterile kits. They would use this brown liquid. Uh, I don't know what the actual brown liquid is, but it was a uh, sterile iodine. It was iodine. Mm-hmm. So what they would do is they'd take the iodine, they'd mix it in this little packet, and they'd have to go through three swabs. They, they'd have to pull three packages out. They'd swab her head with the iodine, clean it, throw that one away. Get the next iodine, swab her head, clean her, throw it away. And then the next one, they would do the exact same thing, but then they would get uh, a cleaning packet for the syringe and everything uh, and clean that also. So while the third iodine is sitting on her head, they're getting the needle and everything ready on the cart. Mm-hmm. So this cart... Think of a mechanic's tool cart. And they would pull this up to her. And so they would go through all that, but they had a specific time frame that the iodine had to be on her head. So it had to be on there for like 60 seconds for each swab. Yeah, I think that's what they told us. So, and this is five years removed, and I still remember this. (laughs) So, and then after they would do that, then they would proceed to do the, the draw, which they couldn't pull, you know, you know, have you, anyone's, pulled anything with a syringe you know that you can just pull it up as quick as you want they had to do a metered pull which basically they took their thumb and their middle finger and held it on the wings of the top of the syringe and with their index finger they would lift the the plunger yeah and that was just the amount of pressure that they could use they would slowly do it now imagine having maybe i think at this point we had maybe five different nurses that we've seen at this point all of them trying to do the same pressure pulls on a baby mm-hmm. and even just yourself doing the same pressure over and over again on a daily basis. It's almost impossible. So yeah, I remember it at, was a lot. Yeah. At one point um, there were, there were two specific ones that would normally do it. And at one point in, in our stay, someone that was not one of the two that was familiar with the, Tap team. They had a tap team. Yeah, they were the nurses the, had to be certified. The IV team was one that were, they were part of the IV team. Okay, for the NICU, but they um, so there was someone out of the normal that was doing it, and I remember she was doing it too fast. She was rough, and I got after her, and I was just like, "No, you're doing it too fast. Stop." Didn't she talk back? Yeah, something happened that I ended up complaining, but I was, I mean, I was really mad. I'm like, I don't want you doing this ever again to her because you're not doing it right. And, you know, she, let's say Scarlet and Scarlet cried. She cried after everyone. And I remember asking them, did, did it hurt? And they said that it could probably feel like a brain freeze for her or like a a head rush. They were trying to explain it. They're like, you know, we've never had it done, so we personally don't know what it feels like, but it's, you know, described as it could feel like this on a person. It can feel like this. Um, so, 
I, there was no telling. We didn't know what, we didn't know what it felt like. So it was, it was really hard and it was so hard to sit there and listen to her, um, to listen to them pull the, the fluid from her. Cause I mean, her, it was like a little squeak. She would cry and it was so sad. And if anyone's ever had like newborn puppies, the squeal they make when they're hungry. Yeah. That's kind of what it sounded like. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it did. But it was, it was even worse because I couldn't touch her. Um, cause she still had to be sterile until they had the, the needle out of her head. And yeah, it was, yeah, I remember cause they had the little needle and it had the little tube and they would slowly pull the fluid out and I had to wait till the fluid was all the way out until I could touch her again and they cleaned her off. So we just wanted to describe that little, the little memory that we have. That fun little burn to our brain memory that we can't get so, out. Yeah. Something that we, we never forget. Unfortunately, I remember the first time that Anthony actually, I had, I had heard it for a while and Anthony actually got there early, um, or they were late. I don't remember for sure, but he got to hear it and he was just like the look on his face. He was just like, Oh my God. And I was just like, yeah, I went straight to anger. He was very upset. Um, cause I mean, they were hurting the little, our little baby. We didn't know. We didn't know how to. We didn't know how to help her. Um, there was nothing that we could do to help her at, at this point. We just had to let him do it because we knew that she had the pressure that we needed to relieve. So um, towards we're at the end of the week. So like we said, it was it was a slow week, but very you know uh, traumatizing. Yeah, it was a traumatizing week for us uh, and Scarlett. So we finally. At the end of the week, we finally posted some, a big update. Anthony posted, day math, one day before six weeks. I like how you laugh and you're just <laughs> while you're reading it. So were the ladies in the milk bank, and they cheered for possible room in their fridge. <laughs> All right. Pause right there. We're going to continue with what I posted that day after we explore this little tidbit. <laughs> I forgot. How could you forget? I Well, I mean, it just like slipped out of my my memory so for a sec. I forgot that there was actually a uh, interior drop off for the breast milk inside of our wing, so we didn't have to. So when you walk into the NICU, the first thing you see in the NICU to the right is the reception desk, and then there is the milk bank where you can drop off milk if you're re- coming in from being at home and you pumped all night. And you can you can drop off milk to the milk bank there. Yeah, it's just a little window, so you don't know what it is and. Unless you're in the NICU. But once you go through the Wizard of Oz doors that you have to badge into and show your bracelet to, again, that's going to be important. Remember that. Every day that we've shown up, we hit the little button, they look in the camera, we show them our bracelet, and we go straight in. Remember that. You could go to the right, which was the showers, the, the family room, but I forgot there was also a door for the for the, mm-hmm. the milk bank. So this whole time we've been in here, Scarlett is almost six weeks. Stephanie started pumping about three days two or three days after getting there with Scarlett. Yeah, they tried to get me to pump when we were at when I was at the Mansfield Hospital, but I wasn't producing and they were like it's probably because you're not with your child, you still haven't held her. We've been filling up these fridges. They have a whole room dedicated. I think we counted what, 12 fridges? Mm, I don't even think they had that many. Think of they- a uh 
a restaurant's if you've ever worked at a restaurant, think of the whole cooler section. That's kind of what it looked like. The big double freezer. Well, they had freezers and fridges. So this is supposed to house milk for everybody in the unit. Yeah. Stephanie now has owned two fridges. I didn't. It was it was one. Oh, at this point, it was one. It was one. Spoiler alert! It gets to four. It doesn't get to four. I didn't you have had it. so I many. Did. We look like a freaking dairy farmer coming home with those crates of milk <laughs> when they released us. It wasn't that many. They told uh, you to stop bringing it. They did actually ask me to stop bringing milk to the hospital. <laughs> because They asked her to start donating it also. Because I was producing so much and they didn't have any more room. They asked us to stop. this, And this was during the six weeks. Um, because Scarlett wasn't eating, so she was just getting the IV fluids, and uh, that was it. So I was pumping, and it was going straight to the milk bank. So this is why they cheered. Yeah, that's why they <laughs> cheered. I I remember because at this point, Anthony had to buy a deep freezer for home because we didn't have room in our freezer to store the milk that I was that I was uh, pumping. Okay, so the ladies in the milk bank cheered for possible room in their fridge. <laughs> But then the afternoon came. She started spiking over 200 on her heart rate and everyone went into controlled chaos mode. I haven't seen so many people in a room for so long since her first few days. They drew fluid from everywhere to check for an infection and they stopped feeds again. She finally settled and she has her primary nurse with her. This girl doesn't do bumps in the road. She is more dramatic and likes hills. (laughs) 48 hours till results. Till then, it's back to IV food and antibiotics. Let's get a few more thoughts, vibes, and prayers going if you can, please. So Anthony posted that on the 20th. So with that post, uh, we don't really remember what what happened. Honestly, uh, uh, it was weird because at this time they were doing so much to her. The pools were making her feel really weird. And they, they pulled so many tests at that point. Um... This is when they would do the heel sticks. Mm-hmm. They would do those vials that they would pour her blood into and shake it to see and then send those off. But anything could set was setting her off at that point because she had been a real chill baby up until this point. When they started jacking with her. And when they started doing these taps, more and more things started happening. So they were trying to dial in how much fluid to take out, mainly because they could have caused seizures. Yep. I think that might have been one of the first times they tried to document as having a seizure because they pulled it too fast. Remember? Yeah. Maybe. I think that was the day. That might have been the day I was just talking about. No, the, the, no, that day was the one where they put her on the, the little bar and they had it set too high. Oh yeah, that's right. So we know what that day is. We, We will, that's coming up, but this one was the, the, probably the lady you were just talking about. Yeah. Pulling too fast on her. Yeah. Because. They did document one time that they thought she had a seizure in in the NICU. But it was user error. But it was, yeah. Which we caught and we told them to fix and they ignored us. And they regretted that afterwards. (laughs) Yeah, we didn't, I'm saying we didn't post anything else after that post. So it could have been something traumatizing and we just didn't post about it. And we've blocked it. And we forgot about it. We did that some. We kept some of the stuff to ourselves. So we're trying to jog our memories on these events also. Like, you know, we didn't post anything about how they did the VAD taps. But apparently it's stuck in my brain somewhere. Yeah, I don't think anyone... We didn't tell our family really about 
how they did the taps or what it was like. So this is probably going to be all new for them to hear. Yeah, and, and a lot of things that, you know, just, you know, those daily life extras that we put out, a lot of our family don't realize the stuff that we go through with Scarlet. And, you know, we're, we've gotten really good at protecting her, keeping her away from situations that are going to show people her limitations because that's just what we're we're used to doing. We don't like putting her in situations that we know she's going to fail because we know how hard she takes it. Yeah, definitely. So this episode was pretty short. No, we're not done yet. You got to do your the weekly wrap up. So ending the week with her six week update, day 42, Scarlet Perez. So hold on. If you haven't realized, we end the episode with our weekly update that we posted online. So th- <laughs> yeah. this is kind of the theme. I don't think we ever introduced this, but this is, you know, Scarlet's weekly update with Stephanie Perez. Day 42, Scarlett Perez is six weeks old today, started feeding her milk again. She's over three pounds. Uh, She had a good day today. She got another bath. I got to hold her like a little baby wrapped up in a blanket, and she was in heaven. And the most exciting part, I got to smell her. (laughs) Oh, Sorry. Um, she had that baby smell I've been longing to smell. We had a great evening with Miss Scarlet. Pray she continues to handle her milk so we can increase the amount of milk she gets. Our little warrior needs prayers. Thanks, everyone. You know how everybody wakes up and, you know, they're all sad or happy or tired or upset that they got to feed their kid so many ounces because they just won't stop crying and they're hungry? Yeah, Scarlet was getting a milliliter of milk. There is a little measuring on your bottles there's ounces on one side and the side that everybody just doesn't pay attention to is the milliliters look over there and see what one of those little ticks looks like that's what scarlet was getting fed every three hours every three hours and that was that's another reason that was another thing you got to be careful when the nick you you want to go over this or just this going to be an extra or okay we'll make this an extra um feeding in the NICU. it's not how people eat it's very regulated and it's not conducive to growing we didn't know that, though, at this point. So one milliliter every three hours. So when you get those 3 a.m., 6 a.m., mid-afternoon, nap time, waking up, feedings that your baby wants, be grateful for those because not everybody got those. Again, we didn't get to feed her. A machine was feeding her. And the only time we got to hold her was when the machine was feeding her. So when you're in the NICU, try not to be angry with family members or things like that. And, you know, if you're better than most people, you won't even mention that you didn't get to do those things because... Everybody else has their own self-indulgent needs, and they think they're the first people to have children. you got to be careful with how your experience is perceived to everyone else who has a baby, because they don't know what you went through. They don't know the times that you didn't get to feed your kid, or a nurse fed your kid, or a machine fed your kid. That all those cues that you wish you had at 3 a.m. that you got to hear your kid crying that they were hungry, you didn't get that because you had a nurse coming in with machines beeping saying it was time to eat. So, Nick, you parents, you are stronger than most parents because you've been through some shit. Continuing on that, if you're a friend or a family of someone that's in the NICU, be be gentle. I remember I I let it roll off my back so many times. I, I had certain friends compla- complaining about having to get up every three hours to feed their kid or, oh, like... I I don't even remember who was pregnant when I was when we were going through this, but they were complaining about how much their back hurt and how they making... wish the pregnancy was over. They wanted to schedule an epidural to have the baby sooner. Making decisions about the delivery. There's just like so many things that you don't 
realize can hurt someone that is sensitive and going through something like this it's hard. It's really hard, especially when you don't know what's going on. Like at this point, we still didn't know why I wasn't able to carry Scarlet full term. And also we still didn't know if our baby was going to live. Yeah. That's, was... that's the hidden secret in the NICU is that everybody's holding on minute by minute because they don't realize or know if they're going to make it out of there. Or what, what your journey is going to be like afterwards. And when you get out of there, yeah. What are you, what are you taking home? Yeah. Because it's, I mean, it's all the unknown. They're and that's the the biggest thing was the doctors and nurses always told us, you don't know what she's going to be like, don't give up. Or you don't know what she's going to be like, do this, do that, document this, document that. But I, one of one of the things that I wish that someone would have told my friends, don't be a jerk about your pregnancy. Be mindful and respect. And be thankful that and, you were able to have your baby. Yeah, and thankful that you're able to carry your baby full term. That you're not going through this trauma. Let's do, like, a, we'll do an extra on this. Because there's a great example. In the timeline that we're living in right now, there's a celebrity out there that's not really a celebrity, but is a celebrity. Uh, Kim Kardashian. Uh, everyone was giving her hell for having other pe- paying other people to have children for her. But we understood it. Yeah. She was... You, she was almost dying to have, like, literally, when she was having kids, she could have died. And good if they, they have the money, the means, and they wanted children that bad, yeah, it's okay to pay for somebody else to have a baby that's healthy because it's better than the alternative what we've had to go through twice. So we'll we'll dive into that more. But just to put a reference to that, she received so much hate for that, but you could tell how many people haven't been hurt by having children. You know, we've heard stories... Or pe- almost dying having kids. Yeah. It, Hell, my mother almost died having me. It's not fun. And you don't know what that person's going through. I don't know that she's put every detail of her pregnancies and deliveries out there. If somebody says that they're almost dying because they had two kids and, you know, their doctor says that you can't physically have any more, which is essentially what the doctors told you. Yeah. You know, and you still want to have more kids. There's always adoption, but there's also the means that they took. They paid a surrogate and paid someone to... to go through the pregnancy for him and and there's there's nothing wrong with that if that's an option to you but it's also to just enlighten people that everyone who hated on her for doing that has obviously never had a friend or ever known anyone who had to go through the trauma of being in the NICU not knowing why they were in the NICU or or having a near-death experience giving birth to your miracle so with that I think we laid some seeds for some future episodes <laughs> We did. <laughs> Again, if you want to reach out to us, uh, our website is pretty much the only way we know how to get back to you. Uh, <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> you can send us a message on our website. You're supposed to drive traffic. <laughs> We've got Instagram, Facey Spaces. Uh, Twitter. Twitter. Send us an email at grownupmicropremie at gmail.com. Like and share our pages. Go to our YouTube channel. We will be posting more regularly. Uh, we finally paid for the extra gigabytes to load more footage. Uh, and with saying that, we will probably have to start you know, looking into a premium option for our podcast. So our extras may be going uploading to uh, premium members. If we come up with a way to do that, we'll have some access for people who help take care of some of the bills that we've got for putting this up. That'll all be coming soon. Until now, everything's still covered and free by us. Brainstorming, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Until then, I'm Anthony. And I'm Stephanie.